0: This morning's scripture reading is Ephesians 4, 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. As you know, we started a series on work and rest and a couple of weeks ago. We looked at the mandate to work, and last week we looked at the mandate to rest. And this week we're returning to look at work again, this time through the uh, prohibition uh, thou shalt steal. And we can learn about what we are to do by a negative example. And so um, let's pray for this morning's sermon. God, we do commit this time to you. We know it is you who changes hearts and minds and lives. We know this is your word. We know that you will use it. We pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us uh, to understanding and obedience to your word that this time would be productive, not only as we glorify you in our lives, uh, but also as we relate to one another and as we learn how to work and live in this society. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, A long time ago I used to work for a CD vending company. And what I did is took the jewel cases or the CD boxes, and I put the artwork in the back, and then I put the CD tray and in, snapped it in place, and then I put a CD in the CD tray, and then I took the line notes and put it in the front of the jewel box and closed it and put it in the box, and I did that for hours on end. And after about two hours of that, you thought the world was going to end. It had been all day, you thought, but it only been two hours, and I had, you know, I had a four-hour shift and there were two more hours to go. And I can remember when we finally filled the box and I got to get up and carry the box into the other room. I like, yes! Then I come back to the empty box and I start acting sadistic. And, you know. it was so tedious and painful. And I remember toward the end of the fourth hour, I started shaving some time off the clock, you know? And at some point I got to where I was, if I, I told myself I was justifying this to myself. And eventually I get to work if I just work to the 46th minute, you know, just one minute past the 15 minute demarcation, I could just I could round up the whole hour. See I I didn't talk to my employer about this. I was just you know I was rounding. But I was I was always rounding up. I was never rounding down. Which isn't rounding. It's stealing. That's what I was doing. You know, I ask myself, what have I stolen? And immediately my mind thinks of some store someplace and some product that I would have slipped into my pocket and snuck out of the store. And that's never happened. I mean, maybe when I was a kid, I may, have, I may have taken an elevator, you know, in the five cent candy trade, 7-Eleven. I couldn't quite remember if I'd done that before. But by that definition, i, I I mean, it's overwhelming how much I try to get ahead, right? Take something that doesn't belong to me. There are so many examples. But well, have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to me? Maybe a street sign. I was down in Georgia, and there was a sign for Baggage Street. I was like, that looked good in my man cave." I didn't take it. Maybe uh, you've on your time sheet at work. Uh, maybe you just wasted company time. Now, I'm not talking about breaks. We talked about that last week. A break is an important part of the day. But maybe you're just being wasteful with your employer's time. Or maybe you made off of company goods and they get yourself a new stake. Maybe your tax return is a little fuzzy. You know, when I'm band, I load up the van and take stuff to Goodwill. I'm like, "Let's get this junk out of my house."
1: And then when I get to Goodwill and
0: fill out the paperwork, I'm like, "This stuff is really valuable. <laughs> There's a lot of this stuff. That's really, it's really great stuff. So let's make sure I get the biggest tax break that I can." Have. Or maybe you've taken a check and you you put the date back a couple days to try to avoid a late fee. being late. You know, all kinds of industry, people deal differently with different folks different companies. I mean, maybe you're trying to buy a plane ticket. I have no understanding of how plane tickets are charged. I mean, the Bible says a lot about having equal uh, scales. And throughout history, people have always been trying to get over the next step. You know, I'll I'll buy it, I'll buy more for the same amount of money and I'll sell less. to say, I'll cheat. And so the scriptures talk about having the standard measurements that everyone can operate by, that there is equity out there in the, in the industry, in the commercial realm. But have you cheated on the test? Have you plagiarized? So what else is worth it? Your credit is good. Maybe you have pirated songs or movies in your possession. You see, when we look at the broad understanding of stealing, it catches all of us in its neck and the infractions are really too numerous to count. Just the other day I was at Walmart and my children have started to enjoy fishing and I was getting a fishing license. And I was talking to the guy as he stopped the paperwork and I was asking about some of the guns behind the counter. And as he was doing the paperwork and answering my questions, somewhere along the way he forgot about charging me for the fishing license. And I had a couple of pieces of tackle and he was bringing it for $5. The fishing license was $20. And I said, is that anything? He said, "Yeah." And then, right then there, I had a decision to make. Was I going to stick my credit card in the machine real quick and just go ahead and make off with that license? And the, the fact is, as a younger man, that temptation would have been bigger for me. I didn't grow up in a Christian family or a church, and I had to learn stuff kind of trial and error. And I was, of course, I said, "Well, I think I forgot the license." something for free, seizing an opportunity and being scabbled. When I was younger, this is embarrassing, okay? when I was single, I had to go and run around with my friends and I had get a bunch of folks and we would go to Friendly's restaurant. And we go to Friendly's because they had this policy that if, if, the, if the server did not ask you if you wanted to try one of their appetizers, you would get one for free. And I made a science out of getting free appetizers. I would go in and sit down, and when they came to the table, I'd start talking and engaging with them immediately. And I would keep the conversation rolling, and well, they want this and they want
1: I gotta go to the bathroom, where's the bathroom.
0: Pretty soon the server has forgotten all well, about asking for uh, an appetizer and, then, and they came back to
1: Now, it says
0: right here that
1: if you don't ask us if we want an appetizer, we get one for
0: free. Is that true? I mean. It is shameful. But I did this in the same servers week after week. I manipulated things to get a free appetizer. It's stealing. That is also stealing. when we understand the breadth of it, we better understand what God wants for us in working. How He doesn't want for us in working. So how do you get goods? How do you get things? You see a progression in this text. You can take them. Or you can work and earn them. Or you can stop worrying about them so much. And be free to give them away. And that's the progression. Stealing, working, to giving. And that's the process that God is going to sanctify us through our lives. And that's the the way we're going to look at this text this morning as we work through the sermon. Remembering that what work is. you, work is your opportunity to serve God and the world by your gifts, your skills, your talents, where God has placed you in the fabric of society that you might help the common good that you would render yourself unto God by helping society through your particular calling or vocation. Okay, so, so one, stealing. Trying to get something for free. When you do that, you have the mind of an orphan. You don't have a father who loves you, who's watching over you, who provides you, who takes care of you. Instead, you are left to your own devices. And you have to scheme and plot. You have to find a way to get what you need. How are you going to get ahead? You've got to find a way. And when there's an opportunity, you seize that opportunity. That is the mind of an orphan. One time I found a motorcycle the sitting. For a long time had weeks running through the spokes and everything. And uh, my my dad and I were, were contracted to, to repair this house. And in the yard was this motorcycle. I said, so Dad, I want to take this motorcycle and try to get a salvage uh, title for it. He said, I don't know. I don't know if we should do that. And uh, I, I talked him into it. And then no one wanted him, i have been sitting there a long time. I pushed him the back of the truck, and my dad said, You're such a scammer. I thought kind of sounds like a vulture. And I remember being convicted at that moment. Why is that the case? Why do I feel I need to make opportunities out of thin air? Why do I try to get ahead in that way? And it really is that I I didn't believe at that time that God was sovereignly providing for me and caring and loving me. I felt like I had to me. Sometimes it's simple pragmatism. If there's, you're in a godless world and you don't fear a judgment and you don't have God's direction, you're just, you're just doing what comes naturally. And I'm reminded of all the, the centuries of people stealing and the Vikings who, who plunder. I've been watching the show The Last Kingdom on Netflix. I, I, I have to warn you that I can't recommend it. There are inappropriate scenes and you need have a plan for that. But in watching that series, there's a, there's a place for King Alfred who's trying to protect all of England from the invading Vikings, the Danes. He's talking to some of them. They're sitting across the table trying to make negotiations, and the Danes say to Alfred, who doesn't want them to plunder, they say, plundering is how a man makes his wealth. And Alfred says, no. Plundering is how a man takes wealth from another. It is the land and trade that make wealth, and for that we must have peace. We must have law and order. Well, there are all types of ways to we steal, all types of theft. i mentioned some of them at the very basic level that's just taking something that doesn't belong to you. Or I could even say it's misusing something that does belong to you. It's failing to respect other people's property when you might take it or break it. It's failing to respect the property that God has given you in your possession. And not just property, but resources. And I'll give you some more examples. There's, there are big ones like a dozen grand theft, stealing cars, and so forth. But also kidnapping. Or slavery. Slavery is when you not only kidnap someone from their family and land, but then you steal their productivity for the rest of their life. They do work for you, and you take all the fruit of their labor. And so it is uh, a, a very heavy theft. Murder and adultery are also types of stealing also, fornication or lying or cheating. Simple things like manipulating a server so that you might get a free appetizer is also you Failing to do a good job. When you've been called to do, it, to do something, you should do it well. And if not, there's theft involved. I've learned a new term, assignment. That's when you preach a bad sermon and you get compensated for it. So hopefully I'll not be guilty of that time in the series. I'll try my best. Okay, I'll be well prepared as I can be. I don't want to steal from you or from the Lord. Uh, God does say that we fail to pay our tithe. He says to Israel, you're robbing me. They're all forms of theft. And the, the bottom line is we are stewards of God's stuff. It's His stuff. It's not yours. It's not your neighbor's. It may be put in your possession. And you may have responsibility over it, but ultimately belongs to God. And that means your time. And it also means your very life. You belong to another. You either belong to the old way and the wide and easy path, or you belong to the new life of Jesus Christ. But you belong to somebody. You are not your own. So everything is God, certainly on my God other people as well. So we try to bend the rules to get ahead we are in a way being godless. We're, we're left to ourselves. We're trying to navigate through this world of our own abilities and what opportunities we can seize. But if we give ourselves to Jesus, if you have faith that your sins are nailed to the cross, if you believe that Jesus Christ is your sacrifice, that he is your substitute, he is your life. Then you have a God who has adopted you into his family through the cross, who has fatherly care over you, who knows how to love you and provide for you, who knows how to give you good gifts, and he has an intimate and eternal relationship with you. You don't need to worry about yourself. You don't need to build your own kingdom. God has been pleased to give you his kingdom Through the gospel. So take heart, God will take care of you. There's all kinds of theft that you think of employees taking from their employers and people taking from other people. But did you know the Bible says a whole lot more about those in power stealing from the masses? Employers have a greater opportunity to steal from their employees those who have power can leverage that power over the disadvantage and take from it and that is currently happening in this world all over the place and in this country and i can prove to you scripturally with a whole other preaching series the passages they are they are abundant in number about social injustice exploitation of people oppression of people there are so many passages if you're going to take my word for it i don't have time to talk about that now. But as we think through stealing, we have to think about it in terms of systems, too. And I'll give you a couple uh, simple examples. Of course, there are are some bigger examples that are are more sobering. But here's a few that very basic. ones out. I once bought a DSL from Verizon. And they had a policy where they would need to pay for this DSL in three installments over three months. And it was like $37 a month. And at the fourth month when that DSL was supposed to have been paid for, somehow miraculously I remembered that that portion of my bill should not be there. And when I got my bill, it was exactly the same as the previous three months. And I went back and I saw there was no section for the DSL. But that $37 I had been moved into some other section. And I like, oh, thought, wow, how many people forget about this and just go on paying this bill? That's stealing. And when I called and asked them about it, you know what they said? We made a mistake. I said, of course you did. When do you make mistakes where I benefit? Never. Now, there are other credit companies who have been false charges on people's bills, and they've been caught, and they have to pay a fine. But the fine doesn't deter them. They can still make a lot more money by putting a little gas charge, something you might not recognize. And so that we have more and more regulations to try to protect us from this kind of theft. You know, once I opened a banking account at Wells Fargo, it was free checking, and three months later they started charging me a fee. And I went to the manager and said, "What is this fee? Why are you taking money out of my account? What gives you the right to reach into my account and take my money?" He said, "Well, the terms have changed. The terms have changed." You see, everywhere you look, people can get away with this legally or illegally or you know it's just it's, it's, it's And it's not, you know, I'm uh, naming names, right? Well, I deserve it. But I could probably find that in all kinds of companies all over the place. You don't have to look too far to see how uh, folks are being leveraged. It may just even be uh, your boss traveling the layover, in the layoff, sorry. And those layoffs make people fearful for their job, and they work very hard. and it becomes a very competitive environment, but your pay is not increasing. Now, when you work for an hourly rate and you work forty hours and then you get time and a half, it's it's more simple. But when you work for the magic word salary, then it can get more complicated. So you can you can then do more and more and more work for the same agreed price. That is stealing. It's changing the terms on you on the fly. If you look through history, you can see that there has been an unbelievable and amount of exploitation of people. This is not what God wants for us in working. The opposite of you shall not steal is you shall work. And our working has to remember and be reminded by all of these negative examples what God does not want, So that when we are working, we render to Him what is pure and holy the type of work that He wants for us. So are you an employee You can work diligently for your boss? Don't waste their time. Don't waste their money. Don't take their things. Are you an employer? You need to know that business doesn't belong to you. And those people don't belong to you. They're not expendable. Their jobs matter. They're not to be used. That you're not to steal the fruit of their labor, to let them have their reward for the labor that serves you both. Now, think about our world for a moment. Think about through history the amount of greed, the amount of corruption, how power has disadvantaged people and made made them to work harder. Think of all the laziness, think of all the waste. These are consequences people looking out for themselves, of being alienated from God, of having that orphan mentality, of not having a righteous king that they answer to. Stealing is a denial of God. On the contrast, working, part two, working is rendering yourself to God. Again, using the gifts that He's giving to make a difference in the world as an act of worship. That you would offer yourself, your talents, your resources, your skills, your productivity, because you have a trusting relationship with a God who loves you—a relationship of faith, hope, and love. Again, we are stewards of His things, His time, and our life. You were bought with a price, so in working and by the command, "Thou shalt not steal." You can take possessions for yourself and know that God desires you to have things. Otherwise, He wouldn't tell you not to take from others. You are expected to have possessions. You are a steward of those possessions, and you are to enjoy those things, and you are to celebrate the fruit of your labor, and it's good. And you can extend your wealth. That's, that's probably part of what God means when He says, work, subdue. Keep rule, but do it as an image-bearer, reflecting our God. God intended for us to have things in our care, but we now have responsibility in that ownership. And you need to hold it with an open hand because often they belong to God. And so if you can have possession of something and use it for His glory, and you can add more possessions to what you're acquiring and use it for His glory, that's fine. But remember, you're adding more responsibility to actually use those things for His glory, to take care of them to have them under your economy. So again, the progression, stealing the world of self, then working, hopefully in a righteous way, we're, we're worshiping the Lord and it's all about him, and then we're going to move into giving. Where if you really are free of the gospel, if you really understand that God loves you, that he's got you in his grace, then you can extend to others. You can say, I don't even want this level of responsibility. I'm just going to give it away. Anybody ever seen an Undercover Boss TV show? Where they take a, a top executive of a large company and they, they put it in on the show. And they they work with the kind of first tier level of workers in their organization. I've seen this a few times, you know, and and there was this one guy who was scrubbing outhouses. That's his job. He drives from site to site, and he has a big brush and a bucket, and he he mops the inside of the the outhouse and closes it out. And he was teaching the executive that he didn't know uh, how to do this job. And the guy was so happy, he was so cheerful, he was kind to everyone. He was meeting on the street. He was singing. He was working hard. And he's not getting a lot of money. He's not getting respect. And the job is, uh, literally speaking, there are germs involved. And it's tedious. But this, this boss was so moved that this guy was so happy in his work. He you was know, showing this promotion and changes his, his life. But you know the other part of that show is that the executive learned something, too. That some of these guys, if they can't relate to working people, that somehow they born worn a silver spoon in their mouth, and they, they get a dose of reality. Oh, working for me is horrible, you know. And they start to change the way they run their company. And there's a lot of satisfaction in seeing that. So now, imagine a world where instead of greed, everyone is is working like this guy, and they're worshiping the Lord through whatever mundane, tedious, or exciting task it happens to be. And imagine where we bosses really love and care about the people that are working for them and want them to thrive, want them to acquire wealth, want them to grow, and that there's mutual benefit, that there's no laziness, there's no waste, there's no corruption, there's no greed. Everyone is working, everyone is making money and has money, the government has plenty of money, and it's all given up to God. People get the fruit of their labor, And they hold their possessions in an open hand, knowing that God is caring for them, and they can share with those in need. That is a foretaste of heaven, my friends. Working is good, and in heaven there will be the fruitfulness of it. There will be no more thorns and thistles. And we will be thinking about others, because the thoughts of self will have gone away. We will be in the presence of God Almighty. And you will not worry. Anymore. you will be undone in a fantastic way, free to worship completely. So let me read Colossians three. Servants, obey in everything. Those are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. <clears throat> for the wrongdoer will be paid back for, him, for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Again, working is an act of worship that you would then be able to provide for others, help to collect the collective good, and the progress of society. The Hebrew word for, to work is to serve. So now you have an opportunity as you're working to think about what is God's all. What has He done for you? He's done everything for you. He has freed you. And when you preach that gospel to yourself, and you realize that the more I get, just means more complicated life and more responsibility, and you really trust and believe that God's got you, you are freer, you are more generous, and you begin to share our society is so broken, so individualistic. It's all about I don't know how am I going to get there. How am I going to build my kingdom? I see everyone else trying to build their kingdom. They're not caring for me. It's trying to care for myself. That's what's wrong with our society. And when we come to Jesus and you surrender, and there are many people that have, have made oaths of poverty in the name of the Lord. They say, I'm, I'm just going to live my life completely for God. I'm not going to acquire it. anything. Like, well, I'm, I'm not saying that, but that's what made a lot of people. I've decided to go rescue. I mean, we look at the Westminster Confession of Faith. It says that part of our responsibility in this and working and not stealing is that we would further the wealth and outward state of others as well as your own. That you wouldn't withhold good things from people. You would you would help further their wealth as you further your own wealth. That there's a, a mutual giving. It also says that you would not defraud yourself of the due use and comfort of that estate which God has given you. If God has blessed you and He has given you those responsibilities, then rejoice. Be glad. But know that those who have been given more, more is expected. There is greater responsibility. So don't manipulate, don't scheme, don't plot. Don't take. Work. Work unto the Lord and entrust Him with your very life. You do not have to rule the world. You can't anyway. But God is in charge and He is sovereign and He loves you, His people. He has demonstrated it in history. He loves us. So, take your possessions, hold them as a, as a blessing from God share them with others. Learn to be more generous as you put to death that fear and security. You know, I've, I have accidentally fallen into being a landlord. I bought houses and fixed them and tried to sell them. And I got caught with a couple. Um, the market was not agreeing with me. And you know how I got caught with them? Because of greed in our, in our culture. Um, I have these houses and if all I'm going to do is I can't get rid of it as far as I'm renting them. I never wanted to be a landlord. And as I try to run a business, it's, you know, I'm looking at numbers and I'm I'm, I'm saying, okay, I've invested this and this is my return. Okay, these are my expenses and I'm I'm simply trying to make money. But in the process, I learned that there's a relationship involved. There are people, and this is where they live, and this is where their families live. And I've had to, uh, to think about it entirely differently. And sometimes people have all kinds of excuses, and they don't know how to work the system, and they're just lazy, and they're trying to steal from me. But other times people are working, working hard, and trying to pay all of their bills. And they're very respectable, and they just simply don't make enough money. And even with
1: a low
0: uh, housing market, with a low rent, they still can't pay the it. And as a Christian, I look at that as I'm building a relationship and I say, what can I do? I'll I'll be more flexible. I'll be more patient. I certainly fix everything in the house and try to extend dignity. But as I own these properties over the years, I'm beginning to think that maybe God has bigger plans, bigger acts of sacrifice, Bigger acts of generosity and giving, ways that I can bless other people who have not been well taken care of by our society. And those thoughts are, of course, challenging because I want to further my estate. And so there's wisdom involved. I like can make decisions. But see, if I'm walking with the Lord and I'm giving that all to Him, it's not lost. Even if I gave an entire property away, I haven't lost anything. God is no man's debtor, and you can't outgive the God of the universe. And when he says in Malachi, You're robbing me by not paying my price, he said, Test me in this and see if I want to open the floodgates of heaven and bless you. So when you have that mentality, that God is keeping track of everything, and his reward will be greater than whatever I could give then that gives you freedom to say, yes, I will be more generous. I will learn to share what God has given to me. Now, I know a concern like this is a lot of conviction. And if you thought it all about yourself and your own heart, there's some exposure at times that feels a little melody. And this is where I have to say, Jesus Christ knows all that. He knows of all of your brokenness, and he's entered into that brokenness. And Jesus Christ identified with you, the thief, as he hung on the cross between two criminals. And he takes all of your theft, and all of the working that you have not rendered unto him, and all of that that selfishness, and he brings it to himself, and he bears the weight of it as the Father's wrath is poured out on him. his finished work, he then shares with you out of the abundance of his righteousness. He freely gives you the righteousness of God only. And when God looks upon you, he sees his own son clothed in glory. Which thief are you? Because one of them scoffed at the Lord of so the cross. See that thief thought he knew how to run life. He knew it was best. And he was scoffing. And the other thief, he said, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And I want to ask you this morning, have you given yourself to Jesus Christ? Have you submitted to him? Have you bent your knee to him? Is he your king? You will bend your knee to him. Now, as your Lord and Savior, or later as your judge, but every person will bow before Him, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You have this opportunity, this great opportunity, to be freed from your sins as you, by faith, receive that salvation that you did not know. Christ earned it, and He shares it with you. When we come to this table, you can hear me say something that reminds you of it right now. I'm going to say, in the night, that he was betrayed. Jesus took the bread. Now think about that. Jesus knew that all of his disciples were going to lie and say, I don't know the man. And they were going to abandon him and run from him. And knowing that full well, he took the bread and he broke it. and said, This is my body. He gave it to them to eat. He knows of our infirmities. He has seen the great plague of our soul. And he has given himself. That we might be healed. He's not trying to fix us. He can, can forgive us. And we have it through the cross. And we have the hope of the resurrection. Amen. Let's pray. God Almighty, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. We pray that the two would combine in our hearts and change us. That you would help us to better understand your will for our lives. We pray that you would help us to work in a way that's pleasing to them. That you would build in us that faith. That trust, that hope, and love that we need, we to walk with you in an intimate relationship as our Father who cares for us, And even when you give us trouble, for you give and you take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Help us surrender to you now and to the rest of the service, especially as we come to receive from you through the elements of the Lord's table. We pray to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.